Hello and welcome to the NSDA China Spod... Spodcast. <laughs> first, first episode, already messed up. Remembering on both sides that civility is not a sign of weakness and sincerity is always subject to proof. Let us never negotiate out of fear, but let us never fear to negotiate. You are listening to Speaker Points, an NSD China podcast. Welcome to the NSDA China podcast, Speaker Points, brought to you by Kale Halley, Academic Director of NSDA China, and my co-host, Nickel Sloan. Sloan. Nickel yeah. Sloan. I'll try to remember that. The purpose of this podcast is to give people more opportunities to learn about speech and debate, also for us to give a shout out to the speech and debaters who do a good job and just generally to help anyone who wants to do public speaking or debate, either through NSDA or with other organizations. We are an equal opportunity uh, supply. Podcast. Yeah, podcast. Uh, mm -hmm. Thank you, Nick. See, this is why Nick is here, to help me. Uh, with Finish his sandwiches. Exactly. Nick's a big guy. He finishes lots of people's sandwiches. <laughs> um, Don't leave them unguarded. I, I will. Mm. We've got we've got Christmas cookies here. We're around Christmas time while we're recording. I think Nick's already had two. It actually is Christmas Eve today mm -mm -mm. when we're recording. So, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Nickel is from Oklahoma, like me. I was talking to some judges at the tournament this weekend in Shanghai, which we're going to talk about in a second. And they mentioned one of them when I was talking to mentioned that they were. Christmas time makes them homesick for home because they feel like China doesn't celebrate Christmas enough. Do you feel the same way? Uh, well, I mean, my parents uh, divorced, so I was able to like go back and forth. So I'm always kind of missing family. So I think I'm a little bit better equipped with it. Mm. But my little brothers are actually coming to visit me today. They fly in this afternoon, and we're gonna have a lot of fun. I asked them what they wanted to do, and they said Disneyland. That's all they want to do is Disneyland. It's probably gonna be cold going to Disneyland. I know. I am not rainy. looking forward to it. <laughs> well, yeah, it's funny you say that. You're divorced. Uh, my parents are divorced too, and. Uh, we didn't purposefully do it, but I noticed in high school, all my friends' parents were divorced. I don't know. Maybe there's something about mm -hmm. kids who grew up in divorced households uh, end up similar personalities uh, or mm -hmm. gravitated towards other kids like that. But it seems like all throughout my life been surrounded by divorced kids. Maybe I'm just bad luck. Or, or good luck if you think of it, you know, the silver lining. Yeah, you could argue, uh, especially here in China, the culture of mm -hmm. not getting divorced uh, yeah. might make some families have some tension. So last weekend, we, NSDA China, had a couple of tournaments. We had Guangzhou tournament, and we had Shanghai. And want to start a tradition of when we have recent tournaments give shout outs to the kids who who perform well there at the Shanghai tournament in the PF High School International Open Division uh, Sun Yi Ling and Ling and oh god uh, by the way I should make a disclaimer wo de jong wo de jong my chinese pronunciation is terrible if peter is listening to this he's going to make fun of me um, I thought mine was bad. Uh, I think mine's better than yours still, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm awful. Don't let Nick lie to you, okay? Um, but I have no excuse. I've been in China for four and a half years. So PF High School International Open Division Sun Yilin and Ling Yixuang were champions in the PF High School Open Division. Hu Yang and Chen Sida were champions in PF Middle School International Open Division. You had Jia Yung Zhang and Nick Ling. And Nick is an easy one. I can get that one. Yes. Uh, in PF Middle School Open, Wu Yu Wang and Ding Shi Hang are champions. And in High School OO, the champion was Ying, uh, Lo Ying Chung. And in Middle School OO, it was Chao Rong Chang, who 
was signed up for Extemp actually, but and we were trying to find them, and it turned out it was because they were still in open, and apparently they won the tournament. So uh, good job, Chong. It's a good thing you didn't find them. That'd be yeah, awkward. that would have been bad. Uh, and in and in Extemp, the champion was Jiaqi Liu, which I was running the Extemp draw that weekend and I noticed he also got fifth place at nationals at the first time we ever did extend so oh, cool. he definitely has a talent for it uh, in Guangzhou we had two divisions of debate PF open and PF novice and PF open Shi Yu Yang and uh, Shen Jia Rong were the champions and in Guangzhou PF novice it was Zhang Ru Gu and Chen Zhe Zhao. All right, Nick's looking at me like I got it wrong, but I know he doesn't know. I have no... I'm looking at you like I don't know. Well, I highly apologize to all of the students that I may have offended with my terrible pronunciation, but hey, you're on a podcast. You can't complain that much, right? Yeah. Okay. So, Shanghai Open. I know you were at the tournament, Nick, right? I saw you there day one. Yeah, yeah. I got to go day one. We got to hang out with all the students and coaches. There was a lot of uh, good energy around. Everybody was super excited. I noticed a lot of coaches were there that weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, there were a lot of coaches. I saw a lot of kids who were, like, freaking out. Like, oh, my gosh, what do I do? What did I do wrong? How do I do this? And a lot of them were basically just, we were all saying the same thing. Hey, Calm down. Believe in yourself. You're going to do fine. You've been practicing at this for a while, so just take a chill pill. It's certainly good to have the coaches there for mm -hmm. such a big tournament because, you know, we have, what, four divisions of debate and two divisions of oratory, and then we're also running extemp, and anyone who knows the inside scoop on NSDA China knows the tournament team is not that big, so <laughs> the coaches... Tempering expectations of parents and students and helping put out fires definitely helps us run a tournament better. I think we pretty much stayed on schedule for Shanghai Open. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a little bit where I was like, oh man, I think we're starting to run behind time. And then in the afternoon, everything just kind of picked up quickly. I'm like, oh nice. This was. I think everything worked fine. It, it seems impossible to start a debate tournament on time. Uh, yes. Uh, they're just either... and. Our judges are great. I'll be the first one to defend our judges. I think they get a lot of uh, unjustified criticism from students. With that being said, seems like never can get all of them to show up on time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if there aren't enough judges, we can't start the tournament. And then registration uh, was a little backed up in the beginning because we had the rain and so yeah. we had to do registration indoors and small hallway and but I think we recovered all right I think my yeah my only issue that I had was the rain yeah yeah it was just kind of rainy and crappy all day but yeah couldn't go out and play with the cats always mm -hmm. love to play with the SHSID cats uh, they didn't open the Lawson's they usually have like a little Lawson's on campus that they open and it never opened up oh see I had no time to go around so I didn't even see that so Lawson's really never opened never because one of my students was like hey I'm like oh yeah there's, there's a Lawson's right here he ran out in the rain came back soaking wet and it's like you lied to me Mr. Nick I feel bad now I've sent a few judges to get coffee there when they asked for like uh, more coffee or something and I guess they came back empty-handed. There was a Starbucks. Well, it, everyone tells you it's nearby. It's actually a bit of a walk. So mm -hmm. yeah, I, I haven't. I didn't see the Starbucks nearby, so it can't be that close. I got a wide mind. Yeah, <laughs> smart. All right. So we also did Extemp, like I mentioned. This is our first time doing Extemp at a regional tur tournament. We did Extemp at nationals, and uh, this is something. I really championed because I did extemp in high school and really loved it. I, I actually had to do it against my will. My coach had a policy that if you went to a debate tournament, you also had to do extemp. Now, unfortunately, we don't have that option here yet, mm -hmm. but in Oklahoma, you can do multiple events. Uh, yes. And I know you did extemp. You did some extemp, yes, right? Yes, I've been doing extemp since middle school, actually, oh, uh, wow. which is a lot longer than I care to admit. And that means you probably have more experience than me. So why don't you, for the listeners who, the kids or people listening who have never had done extemp, don't know what it is, uh, what kind of background info can you give? So to 
try and sum it up as best I can, as simply as I can. You are, you draw a question from a bag. This question can be uh, based off of a topic and it can be a variety of different questions. You then have 30 minutes to write a speech. Now, you have 30 minutes to plan how you're going to say it, what you're going to do, writing your hooks, everything like that. After 30 minutes, you then have to present the speech. Now, the reason why this is my personal favorite one is because you're kind. everyone's on the same playing field. No one's memorized, no one's prepared, no one's polished it. It's all up to you and your skills as a speaker. The big thing is, too, your, all your evidence and research is done in advance. And so you're thinking, oh, I need to find this evidence. I need to find that. And then you get the questions. And sometimes you're like, I didn't research this at all. And so you have to really think on your feet and improvise. I always loved it. My very first time I ever did it, I didn't know I was signed up for it. And so I was just hanging out in like the cafeteria at the time eating like, a, I think some nachos. And someone's like, you're needed in the extemp room real quick. <laughs> and so I start taking off and they go, no, no, you need this box. And I, I had never even heard of the event at the time. And so I grabbed the extemp box and I go taking off running with it all the way above my head. And I hit the door and all these files go flying out mm. that somebody had already procured for our teams. Well, um, yeah, I had similar extemp experiences, and I agree with what you said that definitely the most valuable part of extemp for me, and also the part I loved the most, ironically enough, was when I got a question that I had knew nothing about. Uh, when you had 30 minutes to just come up with something. Uh, there was something about that adrenaline rush you would get when you just had to improvise that was really fun and engaging. Now, there was a few differences, I think, between the extent I did and you did. I don't know when things change. Maybe it's a little bit different region, but our extent was very much focused on current events. Like yes. you could trust that all of the questions would be about something that's been happening in the news. Mm -hmm. uh, now, they might be kind of general in nature, like talking about the 2020 presidential election or something like that. So, But it will be, it, you're not going to get a question like, what's your favorite color? Yeah. It's going to be about things that are actually happening around the world. I remember they used to give out like uh, the Oklahoma Speech and Debate Association, the OSAA, mm -hmm. used to give out like... Here are 25 possible questions. See, in, uh, I'm, for anyone listening, I'm a little older than Nick. Uh, I'm, a lot older. Yeah, okay, a lot older <laughs> than Nick. And whenever I did it, uh, you got nothing. Mm -hmm. All you knew was it was going to be about things happening in the news. That was it. Now, we don't do that here at NSDA China. We give, like, a topic area for each round. But, you know, I, I'm the one that writes the questions. I am doing it from my experience. And quite frankly, I don't want to give away too much. I want to keep it diff challenging uh, for the yeah. students. And I think, I, Like I said, whenever you get a question that you're not used to, I just think challenging is more fun. I agree. Uh, when I did extemp, we had domestic extemp and foreign extemp. And I always did foreign extemp because I, I liked the more of I'm not prepared because I don't know about these things mm. as well. I'm, I'm more on my feet and ready. Yeah, we call those decks and fecks, right? Yes. I, I, I was a dexer, actually. I um, was a fexer. And correct me if I'm wrong, but the decks and fecks distinction, there seemed to be a breadth versus depth sort of thing going on. Like the dexers were really good at being detailed in their knowledge of a, you know, of a couple things. So if it's domestic issues... You know, you know there's always going to be politics questions, yeah. you, so you keep up with what's going on in U.S. politics. Fexers weren't worse or anything, but they had a much wider knowledge base. Like they could, they maybe might not be able to get into as much minutia as the Dexers could, but they can are more adaptable to cover many more subjects. Now, this is just generalizing. Mm -hmm. Some Fexers were super detailed and some yeah. Dexers were more general, but... That's what it looked like to me. I always found that one of the key things that I did as a fexer that made me, I'm not going to brag on myself, I'm pretty great at it, mm. um, but I would start my speech off with a story of some sort. Uh, I remember I got a question about uh, Russia and like nuclear pollution. This was 
10 plus years ago, but I'm like, I know nothing about this. And so all I did was basically tell the story of the giving tree and just kind of talked about how we need to take better care of our environment and the world. Well, that's uh, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. That's, I mean, good advice that we can give to anyone out there that might be doing extemp. Uh, I, I don't know if any kids will be listening to this in the States, but also uh, any students here in China that are thinking about doing extemp. There are certain attention getters, hooks that you start your speech that can ha- apply to a range of subjects. The one I always liked to use was I would start out by saying, I have a little sister and man, she gets on my nerves. We never get along. We're always fighting about everything. She's the most annoying little girl I, you could ever imagine. But there is one time a day that we always work together. And that's whenever my mom makes cookies on the weekend because she always stores them at the top of the kitchen uh, cabinet where when we were younger, we couldn't reach them. We still have a little bit of trouble. It's a really tall up there. The only way we could reach them was by my little sister standing on my shoulders to be able to reach up to the top and grab them and bring them down. And normally, every day we'd be fighting, bickering, but whenever my mom put those cookies up there, we would always work together to make sure we could grab some of them before dinner, and just enough that she wouldn't notice. And in the same way that our contentious relationship should make us look together, when asked the question, will Russia-U.S. relations thaw, I have to answer yes, because they need to work together on climate change or something like that. You know, that's just an example. But I could use that cookie jar story analogy for any topic that's about two people who don't like each other. Exactly. Like um, a, oh, what was his name? A debater that was a little bit older, James Davis. He always liked to use um, an episode of Simpsons. And back in my day, The Daily Show with Jon Stewart, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, you could basically watch that every day as your extend prep because he gave you lots of good jokes and things to use for your attention getter. And But James Davis would use Simpsons episodes, and he used the episode of Simpsons where Homer goes to the tar pits and he gets his feet stuck in. And so he's like, oh, that's okay. I'll just use my hands to get my feet out. And sticks his hands in and goes... Oh, my hands are stuck now. Okay, that's all right. I'll just use my face to get my hands out and sticks his head into the tar pit. And then he would use that as an analogy of like for any question about going deeper and deeper into a problem and not getting yourself out. So the point is you can – like extempers, even though it's impromptu, you can think ahead and think of some attention getters – that can have a wide-ranging application that are entertaining. You can practice them to make them more funny. Um, And that way you have less, you can spend more time in your prep time actually focusing on remembering where your evidence comes from, finding detailed stats and statistics, and less on the entertaining aspect of your speech. I'm assuming you maybe had some go-to attention getters as well? Yes, yes. In fact, in, now, just to date Kayla and ourselves, we didn't have laptops. We had boxes called extemp boxes yep. that were just filled with files. And in my box, I always had a book of Aesop's fables. Because, mm. you know, they teach you a lesson, and it's very mm. easy to take a lot of those lessons and apply to it. That sounds perfect. But my go-to story, because I could always say that somebody was overreacting. I could always talk about how somebody's gone too far in this way of thinking. I would tell the story about when my grandpa took me hunting for the first time. Uh, he took me to buy my first rifle, and there was just, I, I still, to this day, don't know a lot about firearms. And I remember looking at the wall going, I don't know, and then like a light shined down. This thing was like taller than me at the time. It had a night vision infrared scope and GPS tracking location. I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure I could have played Candy Crush on this thing. <laughs> and so I go, Grandpa, I want that one. He goes, you sure? And I go, yeah. So he takes me out and is showing me the ropes and like... You know, control your breathing, squeeze the trigger, don't pull the trigger. And then finally, I see the squirrel nestle up to this huge oak tree. And I go, Grandpa, I think I'm ready. So I look down the sides, control my breathing, I squeeze the trigger, and then bam, I go flying, feet over my head, all the way onto my back. I look up, and the first thing I notice is the tree is gone. And I go, Grandpa, what happened? He just shakes his head and looks at me and goes, overkill, boy, overkill. 
And I've always found that that story gets people laughing and enjoying it. And I, it's easy to talk about how, like I said, people have gone too far with this. They've gone too far with whatever mm. issue it is. Mm. I like that story. That's my, my back pocket. Yeah, that works well. And I love the idea of keeping Aesop's fables with you. I mean, yeah. that are, you know, you can give little paraphrased versions of those stories mm-hmm. that, man, they could apply to everything. And that's how you have to be resourceful as an extemper. And it, that's why I love extemp. These are lessons that work, you know, when you with your job, when you get older, building relationships, stuff like that, being able to tell little stories, apply things. Really, really great. In the experiment, uh, in the spirit of extemp, uh, I'm we're gonna play a game where, you know, I hope this is our first time doing the podcast. Hopefully, there will be some some uh, music playing or something in the future. I don't know. I may just put this up there, but you know, like it's a game. Um, Nick does not know the rules of this game. No, no. Kale has purposely uh, left everything vague and in the dark. All he's done is given me some pieces of paper. So that's in the spirit of extemp, of not mm-hmm. knowing. So what I've done is I've shared the extemp questions from this last weekend, and I just thought it'd be fun and be curious, uh, his professional opinion, over which questions were most popular and which ones were not. So I added up. I ran the extemp draw this weekend. Mm-hmm. I added up how many of these questions were selected and how many were not. Oh, wow. So I can tell from each round how popular they were and how scary they were for the students whenever they selected them. So to be clear, by the way, have you seen our extemp draw? No, I wasn't oh, able man, to. I had to work that day. You, know, you, mentioned, you mentioned taking questions out of a bag. Yeah. Here, I'll show you later, but it's nice laminated, folded Ooh. sheets of paper, like... Uh, and not paper like and, and cardboard makes it sound too uh, um, simple too. I mean, it's like good, nice quality, like cardstock. Yeah, cardstock. Ten of them, and you know Ooh. they select three, and it's got and it's all blue and red, and it's got the QR code for NSDA China, and the questions clearly written, and for each round, it's very, very high production value. I'm jealous. I'm really jealous. So after the students got done, I added them up when I, what was left, and then I could figure out which questions were selected and which weren't. Mm-hmm. Now these questions were, I wanted them to be challenging. Yeah. Um, but I, I got to give a shout out to the extempers. No one complain that they were too hard. Yeah, some of them afterwards would say, like, man, that was a tough question. <laughs> but I watched these extemp kids, and it was so refreshing. They, if they got a hard question, they were just super focused. They yeah. like ran back to their seat and just started prepping. And, man, I just, even, you know, if any of you extempers are listening right now, even the ones who didn't break, you all were awesome. You were superstars. I hope you come back and do more um, extemp tournaments because you have no idea how much this event is helping you. So the, the way this game is going to work is Nick is going to guess which topics were the most popular and which mm-hmm. ones were the most scary, the ones the kids didn't select. So for the listening viewers out there, I'll go ahead and read the okay. questions so that you all know which ones he's choosing from. So uh, the first round was about Europe. And there were 10 questions, and the questions were, why is Germany's political center collapsing? Can Emmanuel Macron pass pension reform in France? Is Italy withdrawing from the European Union a realistic possibility? How can Spain solve the Catalan crisis? Is knife control needed in Europe? How will the London stabbings affect British politics? Does NATO need an enemy to stay relevant and united? Does Britain's healthcare system need significant reform? Should European countries repatriate citizens who are ISIS fighters? And are European countries better for women than the rest of the world? These are some good questions. Thank you. You you, you, you did a good job on these. I have to do them for my classes and hmm. I I, I know how much time and effort I put into each one. So these are, you did a great job. Well, thank you. I mean, I am flattered. Uh, I am the best. No, I'm kidding. You're um, easily complimented. Well, I, it, I I won't lie. I didn't just sit down and go, you know, what do I want? This I 
so read a lot of news, look what yeah. was going on, tried to, you know, and the thing about writing a good exempt question is, you know, sometimes I'll come up with a question. I'll be like, oh, this is about a great subject. But then I'll realize there's really only one answer to it. Yeah. And a good exempt question needs to have, if it's a yes or no question, for example, there needs to be enough, it needs to be open enough that a kid can give a good answer for both sides. Exactly. So you can't ask a question, you know, like, is ISIS bad, right? Like, yeah. you know, like, or how bad is ISIS? Like, you know, really bad, right? There's not really a lot of flexibility for them to answer. So, yeah, like your question number nine, should European countries repatriate citizens who were ISIS fighters? That's, that's, that's exactly what you're talking about of trying to find the gray area questions. Uh, but the one I think was the most common... Wait, wait, before you get to that, okay. I want to say something. I think it's interesting you pointed out number nine yeah. because that actually, a little inside baseball for you here, that's what I really wanted our next debate topic to be. Ooh. I thought it would be a really, really great topic, but just thought maybe ISIS, uh, Muslim terrorists, a little too sensitive. So it didn't get past the planning stages. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, but works for an extent mm-hmm. question. Okay, now uh, let's go. With, do you want to start with uh, the most popular or the most uh, least picked? I think I know the most popular. Okay, I, all right. I think I know the most popular. All right, most I think popular. it's number 10. Are European countries better for women than the rest of the world? I think that, you know, a lot of kids can use a lot of their own personal experiences maybe a little bit. I feel like this is something they might be able to relate to a little bit more. Good rationale. And it was more popular than not. Four out of the five groups selected that one. But it was not the most popular. Oh, what was the most popular? The two most popular a tie selected in five out of the six groups was... Is knife control needed in Europe? Ah, that was my other one. And should European countries repatriate citizens who are ISIS fighters? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I okay. I got to rethink what I think is least popular now. <laughs> and uh, I guess something we can learn from that is kids like violence because those were probably the two most violent questions in that round. Oh wow! I didn't even realize. Yeah. Now, scariest question. I, I'll give you. I'll give you a little background. No one selected this question. Out of the six groups, it's the only question that no one picked. I'm going to go with number four. How can Spain solve the Catalan crisis? Hmm. Good guess. Only two out of the six selected, selected that one. The least popular one was, is Italy withdrawing from the European Union a realistic possibility? Really? I guess kids hate Italy. I just figured, you know, with, you know, Brexit happening, they might be able to find, um, you know, some interesting points to dig into that one. It's interesting that you mentioned that. I, there was one student that came up and while for this round, and I heard him mumble to himself, please not Brexit, please not Brexit. So I don't know, maybe they just, uh, something about European Union politics seems a little too hard. But. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, so good questions. Didn't like Italy. Mm-hmm. All right, so you are 0 for 2. Yeah, yeesh. All right, I I'm, like I like the tradition we're starting here. Of, yeah. Like our games will be embarrassing Nick. Great, that's just great. All right, uh, round two questions were about economics, <laughs> and the 10 questions were. One, will Iran's economic woes lead to the government's downfall? Is China too wealthy to continue to receive loans from the World Bank? Is Australia too economically dependent on China? Is climate change a threat to global economic stability? Will the China-U.S. trade war be resolved in 2020? Can a Chinese car company become the market leader for car sales in China by 2030? Will the Cybertruck be a financial success for Tesla? (laughs) Yeah, I like that one. Yeah. Um, Will student loan debt in the United States cause a recession? Do the economic benefits of artificial intelligence outweigh the potential harms? And number 10, are governments doing enough to replace jobs lost to automation? Man, these are some doozies. Yeah. Um, I do my personal favorites though, just because yeah, I, yeah, sure. I find them interesting is nine and ten. 
I just mm. I like the idea of artificial intelligence and um, uh, automation and things like that. I've been talking about that a lot with my students. I have to admit, nine and ten were a little bit of cop outs on my part. I was running out of you know I want to make them each question unique and distinct, and I, but I was running out of real good economic questions that were specific. Yeah. And those are two good open-ended one that there's always kind of news about them. But I'm not disagreeing with you that they're good topics. I just mean they're kind of cop-outs on my part. I'm surprised cryptocurrency isn't on here. I specifically didn't include cryptocurrency in this one or the finals round, which was computer science, because mm -hmm. I just thought it'd be too obvious. And okay. um, I wanted to not, you know, there might have been some kids who were doing Kid, I was too afraid that kids would take the easy route. You mm -hmm. know, like, um, for example, we hold, we hold topic votes for debate. And I ask kids to submit topic ideas. Mm -hmm. And usually 50% of the submissions are just word for word last semester's topic. Or a topic we they did two weeks ago or something yeah. like that. So they're like, oh, I've already done all the research and evidence. I'll take that one, right? Mm -hmm. And I wanted to challenge kids and not just give them a cop-out to reread their debate cases yeah. uh, for extent. Or, oh, yeah, because you get a lot of the people who didn't break in debate to do this as well. Um, some. Some. So we had 32 total competitors. I believe 21 of them registered before the tournament. 21 of them were just extempers. Oh, wow. So that means 11 of them late registered. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I think they were all from debate. Um, oh, cool. But yeah, I thought the numbers weren't bad for first time doing it. And you got to remember, you know, most of these kids have no idea what extemp is. So yeah. um, the fact that we got 32 wanting to do it, I think, is a good good first regional. I'm, I'm happy with it. I want more, but I'm happy. Okay, so let's see. We started with most popular, so let's let's keep that trend. This is tough. Mm. I th I think I'm torn between two. Okay. Four and five. Is climate change a threat to global economic stability? And five. Will the U.S.-China trade war be resolved in 2020? I think those are. I think either one of those. I would guess four over five. It was number five. Ah, oh, dang it! Uh, yes, trade war. I think. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. um, will China-U.S. trade war be resolved in 2020? It, actually, there was a tie between that one and mm -hmm. the automation one. Will our government's doing enough to replace jobs lost to automation? Oh, yeah. Both of them, five out of the six groups selected that question. So still not unanimous. There was one group that didn't like it. For the scary one, there are two. So, you know, I've already eliminated two of them, you know that it wasn't, so I'm giving you good odds here to get yes. on the board, to get a point. So there there are two here that only one group each selected uh, these questions. Eight, will student loan debt in the United States cause a recession? And I think the other one that's in a tie with it, will the Cybertruck be a financial success for Tesla? Both are wrong. Uh, Cybertruck was three out of six. Student loans was two out of six. The two least popular was the Australia question. Is Australia too economically dependent on China? Really? And the Chinese car question. Can a Chinese car company become the market leader for car sales by in China by 2030? Man, I you know, both of those popped in my head, but I'm like, I don't know. I think that, you know... Something, familiar territory, maybe. Yeah, something that may help you in the future rounds is some of the ADL kids, the ones from Taiwan, uh, they're very Western in their mindset. They kept saying things like, okay, boomer, and talking about the Star Wars <laughs> movie and stuff. So I haven't um, seen it yet. Yeah, just because I haven't either. I think we're going to maybe Thursday go see it. You can talk to Serena if you want. Uh, maybe she can convince, uh, if you can convince her to go. But you probably have. Oh, your brothers! My brothers, here. yeah. I, we can I don't all go together, maybe. Yeah, I don't know if they've seen it yet. Hopefully, they haven't, because I've been waiting on them. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Kale is happily married to Serena, who is my coworker, Liu Winja. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, very happily married. I'm very lucky. I think she's blind. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, so let's move on to round three: sports. Sports. Which 
When I taught Extemp, I did this question because, like, the kids thought we were going to talk about, like, who's better, LeBron or Michael. Mm. But we talked about things like, you know, steroids and doping, and they were all like, this is our least favorite topic. Well, uh, more inside baseball. Actually, you, I remember you mentioned that you use sports as a topic, and I changed my topics because of that. I thought that was a good idea. Yeah, I wanted to change it up a little bit. You're flattering me. So... But maybe I shouldn't have listened to you because you're terrible at this game. Yes. Batting 0 for 4 in round 3. Ten questions on sports. First, is Russia's ban from competing in the 2020 and 2022 Olympic Games too harsh? Should Russian athletes be allowed to compete as neutrals in the 2020 Tokyo Olympics? How can China improve the quality of its national football teams? You like that one? I do. I really do. Actually, uh, speaking of Serena, she told me that there was an inReach employee there who was looking at the questions afterwards and Mm -hmm. after, don't worry, after the tournament Mm -hmm. and was sending some of them to parents to kind of let them know what's going on. Yeah. And whenever they showed him that question, how can China improve the quality of its national football teams? All the parents said, it's impossible. (laughs) There's no way. Uh, No way that can happen. Number four, will China have the most gold medals in badminton at the 2020 Summer Olympics in Tokyo? Will China dominate table tennis in the 2020 Tokyo Summer Olympics the same way they did in 2016? Will the Chinese basketball team qualify for the 2020 Summer Olympics in Tokyo? Is granting Chinese citizenship to professional footballers a good strategy for improving the men's national team? Should China's universities have esports leagues? Should esports be a part of the Olympics? And number 10, can American football become popular in China? I like all these questions as well. I so when I teach this in my classes, I focus like on three main categories mm. and where you don't necessarily talk about what's current because, you know, I see them so infrequently sometimes. But we talked about should esports be considered a, a real sports? Uh, you know, and things like that, which I, I mean, great minds think alike. Mm-hmm. Well, th- I'll be honest, this was by far the toughest round for me to write because there in there's plenty of sports drama in the news to talk about, mm-hmm. but it's very American-centric. Yes. And I don't think it's fair to ask a kid a question about, you know, like the drama happening in the NFL or yeah. NBA or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, most of these kids don't have time to follow sports. You know, they're too busy mm-hmm. studying. So I wanted to make it about China stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, woe to John Wimbuhao. It's hard for me to read a lot of news <laughs> yeah. about uh, Chinese stuff. So it, it was difficult researching mm-hmm. these. All right. So... Most popular one. Now, th- I'll say this is the first one that is and, solo. And the mode. only one, the only one of all the rounds that every single group selected. Okay. I'm really torn between two. I mm. really am. You know what? I'm going to do it. How can China improve the quality of its national football teams? No, 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 no. I'm going to change my mind, change my mind, change my mind, change my mind. I, I want a point so bad. I'm going to go with number six. Will the Chinese basketball team qualify for the 2020 Summer Olympics in Tokyo? Incorrect. Dang it. Number six, Chinese basketball was pretty popular. Four out of the six selected it. Mm-hmm. And the other one, you said the Chinese football team, right? Was yeah, that number, number three. F- number three. That was also very popular, but... Uh, not correct. The most popular one was number one. Is Russia's ban from competing in the 2020 and 2022 Olympics Games too harsh? I, just a quick question. I don't know mm-hmm. if you got to see the speeches, but did they say yes or no? I did not have time to see the speeches. I did try to ask a few kids when they come back whenever I had some time. I heard from some of them on this one. I think... If I remember right, most of them said, no, it's not too harsh. Yeah. Um, they said, yes, that it's a good good punishment. I mean, it's, it's hard for me not to be opinionated sometimes when, you know, because you, you want to help, you know, students know both sides of it. But 
I honestly, on number two, should Russian athletes be allowed to compete as neutrals? I think no. I mean, you're the athletes who are caught doping. Like, come on. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I agree with you with that. I think that's, I think that's a joke. Everyone knows they're from Russia, right? <laughs> yeah, like, right. You can just pretend like they're not from Russia. Okay, so scariest. This one, I guess this was a very polarizing round. Mm. This one was not selected by any group. None of them selected it. Really? Yeah. Which one is it? Number seven, is granting citizenship to professional footballers a good strategy for improving the men's national team? I need some sort of bell or something. He's on the board, ladies and gentlemen. Nick has got a point. That was the least popular question this round. I guess, I I think something we can learn from that is it's the most wordy question, I think. And I think a lot of kids, they just see a lot of words and immediately are turned off by a question. Yeah. Um, But it's weird because, you know, the Chinese, how to improve the Chinese football national team was five out of six. And then this one's zero out of six when there's a lot of crossover in those two. I think the other one gave you a lot more uh, leeway Mm -hmm. um, with more freedom to talk about what you can do and hypothetical examples. Whereas this one, you're kind of only talking about citizenship and you kind of get a little bit into politics of it all too. I agree with that. However, I think that if more experienced extemper would realize that even with the question, is Chinese citizenship the good method, you still have the door open to talk about everything that would be better, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you can can answer the question no, Mm -hmm. and then you can say all the same things you would say with number three about Chinese football and how to improve it. Yes. Okay, so we're, uh, the order's a little messed up. We're going to go, we had a semifinals round. It was North America. Ooh, okay. In the North America, the ten questions were, should Justin Trudeau fear a Wexit? What steps can Haiti take to wean itself from the international food assistance? What would the nomination of Pete Buttigieg depress American, African-American and Latino turnout in the 2020 presidential election? Will the Pensacola shooting strain the military ties between the U.S. and Saudi Arabia? Why did Kamala Harris's presidential candidacy fail? What can be done to curb Mexico's violence? If a Democrat is elected president of the United States in 2020, will he or she end the embargo on Cuba? Is the Dominican Republic safe for tourists? And number nine, will Nayib Armando Bukele, the president of Nicaragua, be able to reduce gain violence in the country? Real quick, just a round of applause yeah, yeah. for oh. pronouncing number nine correctly. Did I? Are you yeah. sure I did? I'm pretty, I'm pretty positive. All right. Or close enough to make me be believe. <laughs> yeah, they, well... Key here is confidence. Yeah. Act like you know how to pronounce it. I mean, you pronounce Kamala Harris's name wrong. but Is I it mean, Kamala? It's Kamala. I'll have to take your word for that. Yeah. All right, so. Oh, man, these are tough. Yeah. Yeah, this was the round that most of the kids thought was the most difficult. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you this. The two most popular one, still only three out of. Oh, actually, this was down to three groups. Okay. So, yeah, uh, semis was only three groups. Okay. There are two most popular. You don't have to give me two. Just give me one, and if it's right, you'll get the... No, no, I, I want to I increase my chances. <laughs> I'm helping you. You only have to pick one out of two, not yeah. two out of two. Okay, so... So, most popular, you're betting one out of five right I'm, now. You need to get up. I'm going to bet it is number six, what can be done to curb Mexico's violence? Incorrect. I, you know, earlier we were talking about maybe the kids liked violence. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah, no, that was, that was a good guess. My other guess... I guess Mexico's too scary. Uh, my other guess for most popular would have been, what steps can Haiti take to wean itself from international food assistance? That would have been also incorrect. Dang it. Yeah, the most popular ones were Wexit, and the Pensacola shooting. Really? Yeah. I did not even know what Wexit was whenever I first uh, started writing these topics. And I had to look it up whenever I saw it in the news a little bit. Are you familiar? Yeah. 
No. <laughs> Don't be ashamed. I, I had to look it's it up. I, I, and I keep up with the news, and I had no idea. Uh, it's, I think, I believe it's Alberta seceding from Canada. Really? And I guess this is a big deal because there's a lot of news on it, and, and it's a possibility. I, I may be getting the province wrong. I'm pretty sure it was Alberta. I don't know why it's called Wexit. But it's maybe it's the French version of Alberta because it's like a high population Eight. French Canadian. I, I don't know. Point is, a part of Canada is seriously considering seceding from Canada. So I thought that and would becoming be becoming their own country. Oh, yeah, that's inter- and like that part is the part that's closest to America, if I remember correctly. Alberta, it is the part that shares Niagara Falls. Hmm. Well, I could be very mistaken because I have never been to Canada. So I talked to all three extempers that picked that question, and all three of them did not know what Wexit was when they selected the question and went back and researched it. I, so I don't know why that was so popular. Maybe Justin Trudeau, they, he's, he's a good-looking guy, and they just wanted to talk, had yeah. some good hot leader jokes ready or something. I don't know. And then the Pensacola shooting, I think, had more to do with it being about U.S. and Saudi Arabia. There was a topic in the United States about Saudi Arabia in debate a few last year, I think, mm-hmm. maybe a year and a half ago, and so maybe a lot of students just are familiar with it. More okay. in the news. All right, so least popular, you got you got good odds here because there's two of them. You already know the two winners, so you got two out of the seven remaining. So are correct. Would the nomination of Pete Buttigieg depress African-American and Latino turnout in the 2020 presidential election? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I think probably kids looked at that and was like, I don't even know how to pronounce Buttigieg, much less who that is. Yeah. My other guess would have been number nine. And you would have been correct on that one as well. Both of those. Do I get a bonus point? Because I'm so pretty? No. You, so what? what's that put you at? Let's see, two, four, six, eight. Two out of eight. Two out of eight so far. Uh, not doing too shabby. Um, Did they say I've gotten one-fourth of them right? I am not surprised that the Nicaragua question was not popular. And I wonder with the Pete Buttigieg question, yeah. I wonder if they even knew that was the United States. You know, it just says presidential election. I wonder if they were, like, super scared by that. All right, final round, finals. Now, this one was a little bit different because... There's only six kids, and there's only one group, mm-hmm. so it's hard to say which ones were most popular or not. Yeah. But since you're doing so poorly in the points, two out of eight, I want to give you a good chance to pump those numbers up a little mm-hmm. bit. So for finals, the round was computer science, and the questions were... One, should cyber attacks by one country on another be considered an act of war? Two, is the the internet becoming more harmful? Are Apple products too expensive? Will augmented reality be the next big thing for the tech industry? Do technology companies have a moral obligation to provide parental controls on their products? Will smart glasses become popular in 2020? Should laws be made against deep fakes? Do the benefits of artificial intelligence outweigh the possible harms? Should coding classes be standard curriculum for middle school students? And is money spent on developing quantum computing being wasted? Now, six kids, so that means six of these questions were selected, four of them were not. So you have pretty good odds here. All you've got to do is tell me one of the questions that was selected and one of the questions that wasn't. If you get it right, I can already you get tell you points. I'm probably going to get zero points on this round. I got a bad feeling. But your odds are so good. Just uh, pick. Uh, I think let's start with the one that would have been selected. So pick I, the most safe one you think a kid would have selected. I think number nine should coding classes be standard curriculum for middle school students? I'm pretty sure. I feel very confident about that. Yes, correct. So three out of nine. Three out of nine. That's not bad. Yeah, coding class was a one selected. All right, now give me one that they didn't select. Should laws be made against deep fakes? 
correct as well. Yeah. All right, congratulations. Four out of ten. Not bad, not bad. Mm-hmm. Batting. If you were batting 400, you'd be in the Hall of Fame of baseball. Yeah, yeah. Not too shabby at all. And this was difficult uh, for sure. Unfortunately, we're not playing baseball. Yeah. Overall, though, any any thoughts about the exempt questions you want to before we move on? No, I. Once again, my my hat is off to you, Caleb. That I, I know literally how literally just it took is. his hat off. I know how hard it is to write extended questions, and uh, with me, I can like kind of focus in even more on things. And but with you, it's like oh, it can be so wide and so ranging. Mm-hmm. So, um, but no, I really enjoyed a lot of these questions, and you know, I feel like each one of them makes you think. Mm. I have to say, I really, really enjoyed working the extent draw that. <laughs> last weekend and I hope Extemp continues to be popular uh, it's really it's a lot of work but it's really fun writing those questions and I think those kids uh, just really inspired me this week with how hard they worked I always tell everybody it's a lot like me riding a roller coaster at first there's a lot of like sitting around and waiting because you're waiting for the draw and you're like ah uh-huh. but as you get closer and closer to the line you start feeling your heart you and eventually you're sitting down on the ride, you've gotten your question, and you're like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, and then it takes off, and you're writing, and everything seems to be moving fast, and you're just screaming your head off, and then you finally give your speech, you're off the ride, you're back on solid ground, you're like, oh my god, that was so much fun, that's the most fun I've ever had, I never want to do that again. (laughs) I think that's a great analogy, and that's something that extempers can do, make good analogies. Mm -hmm. Next, we want to talk about the topic vote that is coming up. We or that is happening right now for the spring topic. Uh, for those of you that don't know, you ha- if you're an NSDA member, you can vote on the topic, and you actually have one week left from the time of this recording. Voting ends on December 31st. If uh, this gets published before then, uh, get on there and vote. If it gets published afterwards, well, then you should have voted. To give you a little background for Nickel here, um, he's got speech and and debate experience. He did Lincoln-Douglas debate, right? Yes, yes. Um, But definitely more on the speech end of it, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I I, I did one debate round in high school, and I just basically made jokes and didn't take it seriously at all, Uh, which I ended up winning that round. One LD debate round? No, I I won one round. I've debated several times, but I've only ever won one round. Oh, I didn't realize your experience was that limited. Yeah. No, well, I mean, like, I just, the thing is, is the people would get work with Lincoln Douglas. It's all about philosophy, and it would get very, very heated. And the more people cared, the more I'm like, man, this guy is getting worked up. If he cares that much, then just let him win. Debaters definitely care. Mm -hmm. But you work with debaters. Speech and debate, there's a lot of crossover. Mm -hmm. And I just want to get your thoughts on the topic, the two topics that, we have the chance to vote for is on balance technology companies use of personal data is more beneficial than harmful and United Nations peacekeeping operations should be substantially increased in Africa. Both very, very interesting topics. Mm. If I had to vote, I know who I would vote for. I would because I kind of discussed this in one of my classes about harvesting our data. Mm. Um, that's only because I know more about it is the reason why I would lean that way. But I like both these topics. I think they're both interesting. You're the debate expert, so let me ask you. Mm. What do you think the main arguments are going to be for both topics? Like, what do you think the two main areas are going to talk about? The use of personal da- data. I mean, there's obviously with both of the topics, there's a, a plenty of arguments that you can make. But if you just initial impressions ask me off the top of my head, I think for the technology company's use of personal uh, data topic, the pro is going to be talking mostly about convenience and economic gain, probably. Mm-hmm. So convenience for users, like the type of products that can be provided when using personal data and how you can have better tailored uh, products. You know, advertising we sometimes view with a negative connotation, but there's a lot of positive aspects to being able to have personalized advertising that really what you want. But also think about things like Didi, the way, or Uber or something, the way it can use your personal data. When I order a Didi, it knows where I'm going sometimes. Like, it'll post, like, you want to go to Hua Lu, right? And I'm like, 
yeah, that's where I go on Wednesdays. You're right, you know, like, or that sort of thing. And convenience is its own value, but then you can make some economic arguments as well that, you know, imagine these type of things are happening every day, millions of times, that's increasing business efficiency, increasing economic output of a country, stuff like that. On the, on the harmful side of it, the most obvious and popular one's probably going to be privacy, you know, yeah. like just feeling you don't have any privacy, uh, misuse of that data, selling it, I think will be a popular thing, you know, using that, selling your data without you knowing it, um, that sort of thing. On the United Nations topic with peacekeeping operations, peacekeeping operations and United Nations is actually a really popular topic for debaters. It comes up regularly uh, because there's a lot of it's viewed as a very balanced topic. The obvious pro argument is going to be that is going to be stopping violence, mm-hmm. making more, uh, making the situation in these conflict zones better, saving lives, right? Yeah. Uh, United Nations peacekeeping operations, though, on the con side, there's a lot of evidence of human rights violations, things like rape, sex trafficking happening with the United Nations, peacekeeping operators. There's even evidence to suggest that they don't make the situation any better. Those would probably be the most popular arguments. There might also be another con argument that is somewhat popular of saying, like, let them solve their own problems. This is not the best use of United Nations resources. Probably more popular will be the kind of, like, human rights violations that peace keepers have done in the past not saying that's necessarily the best argument or any of these arguments are the best ones but that's my guess on what the most popular arguments for both sides will be okay cool 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 i feel more knowledgeable about them now okay well hopefully our users do as well and hopefully anyone listening will try to vote so we next we want to do a segment we haven't come up with a name for yet, but we're calling it like the tip, public speaking tip of the episode. and Of the week or so. Of, yeah, week or month or however often we're going to do this. Yeah. And Nick is going to give us his public speaking tip. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, I, uh, I am a public speaking teacher. I teach a lot of public speaking classes. And I've been doing some form of public speaking since I was walking. So uh, my biggest thing, and this is my biggest note I give to every student, confidence. Even if you feel like you're afraid inside, even if you make a mistake, always make it seem like what you're doing is what you planned on doing. If you're going to add some movement in your speech and you maybe stumble a little bit, play it off, make a joke, make everything seem like you meant to do that. The easiest way to become a more confident person is to start telling yourself, I'm a more confident person. You don't even have to believe it. You have to just start telling yourself that. Now, do you want to know when to stop telling yourself you're a confident person? The answer is never. You never stop. You constantly remind yourself. The biggest difference between a lot of the best public speakers in the world and a lot of the people who are really, really bad is that they let their nervous emotions affect them in a negative way. So all you have to do is constantly continue to breathe, keep calm, and believe in yourself. That's great advice and good advice for debaters as well, not just Mm -hmm. any type of public speaking Mm -hmm. event. Good life advice. For sure, for sure. Mm -hmm. And how long did it take you to feel confident with your public speaking? I still don't. You still don't? I, st- I Last spring, my little sister graduated college. And normally my grandfather would give speeches, but unfortunately he, he passed away. So my mom asked my older brother and I to give a speech. And beforehand, I was still freaking out. I was nervous. I was like, what, what, what is this? Oh, crap. I find that when I'm speaking in front of people I know, I get more nervous. Hmm. I, in fact, the only time I've ever really given a bad speech was the time I wasn't nervous. So it's good to be nervous. It's good to be afraid. It reminds you that you're a human being, mm-hmm. right? I remember right beforehand, I was talking to my older brother about the two things we wanted. I was going to talk about. And he goes, I can't think of anything. I'm going to steal one of your two things and then walked out. I'm like, dang it. Yeah, I, I, it's hard for me to describe confidence whenever I do public speaking because with all the experience I've done, it kind of has just washed away. I, whenever I do a public speech, oh, something that helps me with confidence is definitely having a plan. 
even if I haven't written it out, I'm always thinking in my mind about the things I need to hit, the beats, the cover, mm-hmm. and then I'm done, right? And I'm just focusing on hitting those beats, hitting yeah. those covers. So I don't have time to focus on being nervous about if I don't say something right or if I mess something up. And I'll say one thing to help out with confidence, definitely, to remember is that the audience wants to like you. You know, yeah. very rarely are you ever going to give a speech in front of a hostile audience that is like wanting you to fail. Usually in life, you're giving a speech in front of people that are looking for reasons to like you. And mm-hmm. so as long as you're just doing your best, the sun's going to come up tomorrow. There's not going to be a lot of negative consequences. Yeah. That always helped me with confidence once I finally mm-hmm. understood that. Yeah, uh, wholeheartedly. Just there's so little things that we can control in our lives. There's so few things that you actually have real tangible control of. The only thing that you can really change is your attitude, your outlook, and having a positive outlook. Outlook. My <laughs> Oklahoma accent really came out there. Yeah. Outlook. Today it's Tuesday. Tuesday. But yeah, just having that positive outlook, being positive, right? Even outside of speech. Always the only thing that you can ever change is the way you look at things. So mm-hmm. just try and be as positive as you can, and hopefully positive things will happen. That's a good lesson for debaters, too, about getting a decision that you don't like. you got to understand that life is going to throw at you bad decisions, unfair decisions even, ones where maybe you should have won, but... The only way you can reduce or minimize those bad dis- those bad results is to focus on what you could do to change, not focus on complaining negatively about what happened to you. That's not going to change anything. Focus on what you can change in the future so you can minimize those bad results. I played a lot of poker whenever I was in college, and maybe that's what put this put this mentality in my mind because you're going to in poker you get what's called a bad beat all mm-hmm. the time where you did everything right you were ahead you made the right bets all that sort of stuff and the other person just got lucky but you, they're not going to give you your money back just cuz you were unlucky right yeah. and the only thing you can do is learn from that experience to hopefully not put yourself in that situation again mm-hmm. And that's the way you should focus on debate. And that's the way the champions that we mentioned earlier ended up winning. Mm -hmm. I know those champions. They've done this a lot. They've had lots of losses, but they didn't let that get them down. They just tried to get better. Tenacity is key. That's right. Okay, now next segment. Like I said, this is a new format, new podcast, so we're experimenting, trying new things. And one of the things we wanted to try was a segment called can't argue with that where nick is going to pose to me an argument and that is very easy well why don't you explain how so the game basically works. i'm going to say something fairly simple for example like chocolate is delicious right and kale is going to take something that most everybody agrees on and he's going to try and argue with it now obviously i'm not going to go with that because i personally don't like chocolate mm. But I've been thinking about this for a little bit, about what what sort of argument I should give Kale to see if he can argue with that. Now, here's my can't argue with that. Since it is Christmas Eve, I figured mm. I'd go with a Christmas theme. Mm. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is the best reindeer. Argue with that. Mm. I can argue with that. So... Rudolph is not the best reindeer because Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is the most narcissistic reindeer. Where does he get off thinking that with no experience, with no training, he can be the leader of all of the reindeers? I mean, it says so in the song. He has like zero experience. He's never taken, uh, given the opportunity to go. And they say that, oh, it was a snowy night, so they needed his red nose. They live in the North Pole. It's snowy every time they go out, right? Like, so how did they do it the million times before that Santa went out? So Rudolph is not the best reindeer. He is the most narcissistic, the most 
the most conceited of all the reindeers, and he doesn't care about Vixen or what's what's the name of all the other reindeers? Uh, Cupid, Cupid, Donner, Donner Blitzen. Blitzen. Those reindeers put in the hours. They've been working, going with Santa for, I mean, how, how many times has Santa done this? At least 200, 300, 400 times. <laughs> so he, think about, it's like the kid who has gone to tons of debate tournaments, put in the reps, right? Mm-hmm. And then some brand new young kid who's a native speaker comes in and expects to be champion. No one likes that kid, right? <laughs> so... <laughs> Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is not the best reindeer. He's actually the most conceited reindeer. All the others are better than him. Well, it looks like you can argue with that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So in the future, with can't argue with that, we'd like to use questions, arguments that you have sent in. So the idea is send us an argument that you think no one can argue with. And we will try to argue with that. We will try to come up with a reason why, on the spot, why that is not true or try to defeat your argument. Mm -hmm. And in addition to that, we would like to also do a segment called Listener's Questions. So please send in your questions that you want us to answer about speech, debate, NSDA China, anything. And you can send those questions and you can also send argument ideas for the can't argue with that segment to nsdachina at gmail.com. nsdachina at gmail.com. We'll also love to get any other feedback you can give. Tell us about the segments you liked, the segments you don't like, other things you would like to hear in the podcast and we will take your advice. This is a podcast that is supposed to be for you and about you. So let us know what we can do to make the podcast better. NSDAChina at gmail.com. So I would like to thank Nickel Sloan for coming here, being my co-host. Hopefully he had a good time and we can continue doing this in the future. Yeah, yeah. I had a blast. This was a lot of fun. Totally want to do this again. Great. For those of you listening, remember that the Tournament of Champions is happening December 18th through the 21st in Shanghai. For the first time ever, we'll be having original oratory there. If you haven't registered yet, make sure you register for that. And also the winter camp is starting January 31st to February 6th being held in Wuxi, where we will be working on speech and debate. There's also a STEAM camp there for any kids listening that want to do science, technology, engineering, or math. I don't know what the A is in STEAM. Do you know? I, I don't know. When you said Arts. STEAM, I thought you were talking about, like, STEAM where you download video games. I got a little confused. <laughs> I bet some kids were excited about that. No, not that kind of STEAM. It used to be STEM, but now they call it STEAM. I think it's because they were afraid of losing the arts or something like that. But TOC and Winter Camp, and remember, send in your feedback and questions to nsdachina at gmail.com. And until next time, thank you for listening to Speaker Points and uh, Jayo.